welcome to the Wedding Breakroom Podcast, where your favorite Oklahoma wedding professionals hang out, tell stories, and share advice. If you are a wedding professional, this is a great place to learn from your peers. If you are a couple getting married, you'll get an inside look into what it takes to make your day so special. Hey guys, this is Travis, and I am with Michelle Martin, and we are at the Bomberhof in OKC, which is a beautiful venue. We're not going to talk about the venue today, although it's gorgeous, it's beautiful. I hope to have them on this podcast soon. But right now, we're going to talk a little bit about Blue Label bartending. But first, Michelle... How are you? Hey, Travis, I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm doing really good, and, and I'm glad to have you on here because uh, there's a lot of things we were talking before I hit record, and there's just a lot of things I didn't know about what goes into bartending, and um, you're going to kind of educate us a little bit and maybe even tell a story or two. Yes, so. there are a lot of hints and tips and tricks that I am more than happy to pass along. It'll make everybody everybody have everything a little bit easier when it comes to the bar. So walk us through a little bit about how you got started with the Blue Label Bartending. Well, in 2007, I got, I had been away from the bar and restaurant business for maybe about 10 or 15 years. And 2007, I got back into it. Coincidentally, that same year, a gentleman named Garrett Blackwood founded Blue Label Bartending in Tulsa. He had a Tulsa office that did special events. He had an Oklahoma City office that did special events. He ran both of those together along with a bartending school, all from Tulsa. Uh, in 2010, I came on to work with him and absolutely loved it. In 2012, right before I was due to graduate nursing school, he approached me and asked if I would like to buy the Oklahoma City branch. Oh. And so I did. So I've been the owner since 2012. Okay. And when you say you, you bought the Oklahoma City branch, does that mean there's kind of territories involved? Like he's in Tulsa, you're in Oklahoma City? So he ended up selling off the Tulsa branch as well. And the bartending school is actually closed. Uh, but yes, so the Tulsa has Tulsa office has their territory. I have my territory, which encompasses Stillwater, Oklahoma City, Norman, South, and everything West. Yeah. And then they have more of the East, North part. Okay. So let's talk about, let's kind of dig into this. There's... A couple different ways that you can hire a bartender. Yes, and you, yours is kind of a unique way, or at least a way I've never heard of mm -hmm. before. So d tell us about that. Tell us those two different ways and and what what direction your company goes. Okay, so when we're talking about private events, uh, the Able Commission basically says there's two different ways you can hire a bartender. You can go through a caterer who has the licensure to sell both food and alcohol, or you can go through a professional bartending service. The bartending service would be similar to companies like ours. We are not a caterer. We don't handle food. We strictly handle the bar. Uh, there are several caterers that will only deal with food. Likewise, mm. some caterers deal with both. So that's always kind of a little bit tricky. Some couples aren't really sure which caterers handle what. And so we get a lot of calls trying to field that. The difference between us and a caterer who can handle both the food and the bar is the caterer is going to insist on purchasing the food, the alcohol, the mixers, the fruit garnishes, and it's all one big package. And it's a great, it's if you just want a one and done and don't have to think about anything, that's a pretty good way to go. Um, I have a lot of couples that really want to be more hands-on with the bar and mm. you know be able to pick what they want served, specialty cocktails, things that are a little bit more intricate and are wanting a higher level of service. That's typically when we come in. We are licensed and bonded. We have the minimum, if not more, for the insurance for every single venue in the state. I've never had a venue turn us down yet. Yeah. Um, so while a caterer has the insurance, we do as well. The only difference is our customers purchase their own alcohol mixers and fruit garnishes. 
Whereas in a caterer, like I said earlier, the caterer does it if they go that route. If they go with us and get their own alcohol, they save hundreds to thousands of dollars, depending on how big their event is. Wow. And a lot of people would think that it would be much more convenient to hire a caterer because they buy all for you, but you actually make it convenient for them by you actually give them a shopping list. Yes. Like the, it's not a guessing game to them. They don't mm-hmm. have to wonder how many you ask them the qu- the right questions, how many people are going to be there, what kind of stuff you want. And then you go through the, the in- you t- put the inconvenience on yourself of getting that, Absolutely. that shopping list. That way it's convenient for them. This is what I do every day. And so it's no problem. I, I what I typically ask, uh, sometimes I have couples that book, you know, say now for 2020 or 2021 and already want a shopping list. And while I'm happy to do it, I typically go, Let, let's let's slow down a little bit. Let's get your <laughs> RSVPs in because I would hate to make them a shopping list for 250. Four months later, we're looking at 125 oh, people. Yeah. So I just, as long as they kind of have a firm grasp of their guest count and a firm grasp of what they want served, at that point, all they have to do is call or email me. Um, if they're booked, have a firm grasp of their guest count, a firm grasp of what they want served, all they have to do is call or email me and I'm happy to put together a shopping list and I just email it over. Yeah, I bet that's really nice. For it is. Couple, it's very so. handy. Because, <laughs> you know, just on, on the surface, you just think that, you know, if caterer gets it all for you, so I'll just go that route. But, I mean, you make it convenient uh, for them. You take that inconvenience out to where they know what they need to get and and you're, you're smart enough or you're intentional enough to, to make sure that you do it close enough to, where, to their date where you're not getting enough stuff for 250 people and ever. I don't want them to get sticker shocked by overbuying and then having all this alcohol that they may or may not be able to take back. So while a lot of couples get really excited about the bar part and I do too, trust me, I get very (laughs) excited about it. Um, I do just say, let's, as far as the shopping list is concerned, let's, let's just slow down a little bit and let's wait till we have a pretty a good idea of your total guest count. And then we can go with the shopping list. Yeah. And, and you like to educate your couples so what are some things that a, a couple or a venue may forget? Things that are often uh, forgotten, overlooked, or maybe just it's, there's misunderstanding on who's handling what, but things that the bar definitely needs. Things like ice, cooler mm. space. When I say cooler space, I mean like ice chests, clean ice chests, clean ice, um, is there an ice machine at the venue? If not, who is bringing in the ice? These are all things that we can do. We can pre- provide ice coolers, clear plastic cups, keg taps, drink dispensers, wine carafts, things like that, because those are the items that people tend to overlook. <laughs> the last item that people overlook a lot is bottled water uh, or water of some sort. And they say, well, my caterer is taking care of that portion, which is great. However, the caterers tend to leave well before the bar ends before the bar closes. And so while that caterer may have tea, water, and lemonade out for dinner, once everybody's finished with dinner, they usually pack up all their stuff and go home, which means everyone's coming to the bar looking at me going, can I have some water? I've been drinking for four hours and often we don't have any to give them. So that's one thing I almost always include on the shopping list. Even if, and I say, if they don't buy it and people come to me for water, it was on the shopping list. I, I hoped it would work out. Yeah. Yeah, I have found that just to, I've found that to be very true. I mean, even I'm a musician, but I've overheard at weddings before it starts. Cause I get there, I get at weddings about three hours early and I've overheard somebody say, who got the ice? Nobody got that. Where's the ice? And right. like somebody from the, you know, and the people who get there that early 
are, you know, typically the, I'll say the more important people right. that you don't necessarily want running errands like that right? because it's a groomsman that needs to be in the pictures or a parent that needs to be in some of the pictures if they do a lot of the pictures beforehand. So now you have a parent or somebody going and buying ice. Sure. Um, but that's, so that's good to know that you guys provide that and that you remind your couples about that. And yes, we can absolutely. Um, in fact, I encourage our, whether we do, weddings is by far our biggest I guess, portion of events that we do, but we also do other special events, but whether it be couples or customers, whomever I'm speaking with in the beginning, when they book us often, they'll say, Oh, we'll handle the ice and coolers or (laughs) or someone in the family will handle it. And then the closer it gets when they realize how crazy that day is going to be often they go, Oh gosh, we're so glad. I've never had a customer come back to me in the nine years I've been doing this, I've never had a customer come back and say, I regret you bringing ice and coolers. I've never, it's always the opposite. I'm so glad that you guys brought the ice and coolers because we had no idea how much we needed. And just even, even the bottled water thing. I mean, that's, that's huge because. Just reminding them to bring bottled water is a big thing. Yeah. And I'm one of the first people at a wedding to recognize if there's not bottled water, Mm because I'm setting up sound equipment. And if I forgot to bring my own, I'm looking for it. And oftentimes I can't find it. And um, so that's just really cool that even the small things that, that venues forget, that couples forget, you provide, and or if you don't provide it, you at least educate your couple that, hey, you need some of this stuff. And that says a lot about your customer service. Thank so, you. Thank you. Um, so what are some, uh, I'm being in the bartending service, I'm sure you have stories. Oh, so many stories. <laughs> can so you, many. Can you think of one that, uh, just, just entertain us a little bit. Just tell us a story, a story oh, or two. Oh, goodness. Oh, one that comes to mind always when people ask me for funny stories. I've been in the bar, regular bar business a long time, and those are completely different stories altogether. But private events, one of the very first weddings I worked, I'd probably maybe worked five or six events. This was when Garrett was still owner. Um, it was at Express Event Center, which is used to be on Expressway. It's something else now. And I show up and I knew what I was supposed to be serving. We, I always now send my bartenders a, a, what we call an info sheet, tells them what to wear, what time to be there, what they're bringing, what drinks they're serving. If it's a specialty cocktail, I'll even have the recipe on there for them. So it was supposed to be beer and wine only. And I show up and yes, there is beer and yes, there is wine. And there is a lot of beer and a lot of wine. There is also three pallets of mason jars that are full of homemade moonshine. (laughs) And I just, I was stumped. Uh, In all of the time that I've ever worked in restaurants and bars, that, that was definitely a first for me. And I said, oh boy, I don't, I don't know. And apparently it was a wedding gift. I can't remember Mm. if the couple made it or someone made it for them, but it was a wedding gift and it was very important to them that it be served. So I called my boss and I said, here's the situation. What do you want me to do? And of course they hadn't conveyed it to him at all. They just thought a bartender will be here. It should be no problem. And he gave me the go ahead because it was so important to the couple even though we probably shouldn't, probably shouldn't have served that in retrospect. Um, this was a long time ago. It right? was. I mean, we're looking uh, nine years ago. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. So we served it and um, I, I served it and people admittedly got a little bit more intoxicated than they should have. And I eventually stopped serving, but... I often keep hand sanitizer on the bar, whether it's for me or for, you know, the other bartenders I'm working with, just a good way because our hands get sticky with soda and what have you. Yeah. Um, 
Well, one of the gentlemen who had been imbibing moonshine came over to the bar, grabs my hand sanitizer, dumps it all over both of his hands, takes a lighter and lit himself on fire and proceeds to run around the venue, just waving his arms wildly with his hands on fire. And at that point I said, never again will I serve moonshine. (laughs) Was this guy, he meant to set himself He did, he did it. uh, He did it to be funny and to get attention. and And did it work? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It sure yeah, did. It would certainly catch my eye. Oh yeah. It, it definitely <laughs> caught everybody's eye and it caught the eye of the security guard and it was quickly. Mm. How, how did he put it out? Did he have to uh, do the whole drop? Uh, no, I or? got a, a bar towel, poured water on it and just wrapped it around his hands to snuff out the fire. <laughs> how did that make you feel since this was only like your fifth, uh, your fifth time working? Is, did I get that right? Yes, like your it fifth was. Event? It was probably my fifth event. Did it make you think... Event man, I love this. I'm, I get to be entertained as a bartender or did it make you feel like, oh no, what did I get myself into? Oh gosh. No, I, because of just who I am and being in bars and restaurants and also being an emergency room nurse, I kind of just thrive on adrenaline. Yeah. And so to me, at one point it was, oh, that's not good. And then <laughs> in the other aspect, it was funny and he was fine. You know, he wasn't yeah. injured or anything. So um, it, it definitely told me that I don't always know what to expect. It's similar to, you know, private events tend to be a little bit more low key than working in a bar or yeah. a restaurant bar, but there are things that happen at private <laughs> events that n- would never happen, you know, in public, in a public yeah. space. And so it, it just, it's kind of give and take, but yeah. it, there's always something, there's always something fun. And it sounds like it. I mean, I, with with what I do, we do live music and DJ, so we see a lot of things on the dance floor after people have right. gotten quite a bit. That, uh, But I can only imagine that there's even more things that you see that's just like, wow. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you educate me on something, and okay. hopefully this educates other wedding vendors who may have to do this. But last calls. Yes. Sometimes I do them. Sometimes I don't. Okay. Uh, one time I did it, I got in trouble by the venue. Oh, by the venue. Another time I did it, I think the bartenders were uh, a little irritated that I did it because it flooded the bar with oh. people. Uh, I generally, I don't do it just because now, and, and this is where I need you to educate me on and okay. hopefully it, it spreads to other wedding vendors who sure. may be wondering the same thing. But It's an like um, excellent question, Travis. Yeah. Well, sometimes I don't do it because um, one, I just... I don't like to encourage people to go get one more last drink before they're going to sure. be on the road. Two, as a DJ, it, it'll kill the dance floor. You know, if, right. if we're winding down the evening and it's a hopping dance floor and I say, uh, you know, last call, you know, a lot Everyone's of times I just lost and, my dance floor. Right. And then one thing I do, I made this up. Somebody insisted we do a last call uh-huh. and the dance floor is just really hopping. So what I did was I just did the last call without turning the music down like intentionally doing the last call saying, Hey, last call, um, you know, head over to the bar, last call for alcohol. Sure. But I did it without turning the music down just because I didn't want to lose my dance floor. And then I could still say, yes, I made the last made call. The last and call. Sure. <laughs> even though nobody really heard it because I didn't turn the music down. So basically what I'm saying is I don't know what to do. 
Um, so what do you, what, what's your thoughts on last calls? Um, do you like it when people do it? Do you see a downside? Do you see an upside? Uh, talk me through that. Talk us through that really. That's an excellent question. I'm really, really glad you brought that up because oftentimes the bartenders or even myself, whomever is working often, if the venue hasn't put out a specific protocol about last call, about mm-hmm. when it has to be called, often it's not done. And I'm, I'm understanding why I, I think most DJs and, and crews feel the same way you do. They're like, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to get the bartenders mad at me and I don't yeah. want so-and-so. So I just don't do it because I don't want to kill my dance floor. And I totally get that. Um, I will say that when I'm bartending, depending on the crowd, but if it's, if it's a really heavy drinking crowd and they're, you know, the reception's over in 45 minutes and it looks like they plan on being here for another three hours, I typically go up to the DJ and say, hey, is there any way you can do? And it's still within the time limit, yeah. but it just gets people to start thinking, oh, and sometimes I'll have them do it a little bit early. Um, really, it's up to the, you know, if the venue has a, their own rule about it, like I, the Civic Center has very strict policies about mm-hmm. alcohol and stuff. So we have to do last calls there at a very certain time. I would just speak with the venue and honestly, the bartenders. And that's something I can talk to my bartenders about is, you know what, talk, talk to whoever's doing music and say, you know, say, ask if they want to, if we want you to do last call, or if that's something that would be helpful for you guys, we can definitely implement that. That's no problem for us. We love the team environment. We love, you know, all of our, I call them frienders. (laughs) Um, and the better relationships we have, the better it is for everybody. And so if we can make that easier for you guys, we, are more than happy to do that. It does benefit the bar in several ways, but I don't want to hurt your dance floor either yeah. in that same yeah, respect. So maybe I have had DJs in the past that will just barely dip the music a little bit and go, just so you guys know, last call will <laughs> be in about 15 minutes. So it doesn't yeah. just completely empty out the dance floor, but people start to go, oh, it's starting to wind down. Yeah. So we... We tend to like that just so people, A, don't come to the bar after last call or when we're shut down. When there's no last call at all and we shut the bar down, often guests are upset with us. Oh, not, really? not the couple per se, but guests who didn't realize there was a specific time yeah. for it to be ending. So last call kind of signifies for everybody that, hey, it's shutting down. So you would, you would more encourage last calls? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just didn't know. Personally. I'd, I'd never talked to a bartender about this, and I've heard different views on it. That I sure. think that'd be a perfect thing to talk to you about is, is that. So um, now would you ever, um, is it ever looked down upon if somebody says, like, let's just say, let, let's just paint a picture of like a rude DJ and I'm, I'm never that rude okay. DJ, but what if I just say, I'm not going to do a last call? Um, what kind of, uh, would, would you guys look down upon the DJ for that? Would you like, what, what would your thoughts be? Somebody comes to you and says, DJ said, he's not going to do a last call. What goes through your head? If the DJ is really, if he is rude, which I have a hard time imagining because I can't think of any rude DJs yeah, that no, we've worked neither, with. But if, if I had someone like that that just said, no, I'm not going to do it. If I were working and maybe just because I'm kind of obnoxious, I would probably re- yell out last call when yeah. it was time. If it was a really large wedding. Sure. I mean, if yeah. it's an intimate, no need, little yeah. small intimate wedding, no need or, or event. But if it's two, three, 400 people, I'm probably yelling yeah. last call because you can't, without the direction of somebody with a microphone, 
you can't get that many people to get it through their head that things are winding down. <laughs> well, especially if they're, if they're uh, pretty, if they've had a lot of alcohol, exactly. even the person with the microphone. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, and the reason I ask that question is because I know, I know of one venue uh, that they don't allow last calls. Now it's a pretty loose rule. Uh, okay. I've talked to the owner of that venue and they said, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of our unwritten rule. If you do it, you're not going to get in trouble. Although I did, but it was from the security guard. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, that security guard doesn't work there anymore. So I think that's where communication would be key is like, if I came up to you and said, Hey, look, this venue does not allow last call. So what other alternatives can we do to make sure that people know? Um, uh, communication is absolutely key. And we try, I know in the beginning when I was working more events and we were much smaller, I was working, you know, most events myself back then I knew all the DJs and all the florists and all yeah. the everything. And I, I miss, I love that we've grown, but I miss that camaraderie. And if yeah. we can get that back, I think it'll be great for everybody. So I just think teamwork, all of us together, I just, I think it will make all of our jobs better. One thing you could also do um, if you have a venue that doesn't allow last call or, you know, maybe a DJ that doesn't want to do it or whatever snag you run into, one amazing thing you can do either, whether it be the couple, whoever is putting on the event or the venue themselves, like here at the Bomberhof, uh, we don't do a last call here per se, but there is signage on the bar and it says the bar is open from, I think this weekend it was 7 p.m. to 10.45. Ah. And so it was very clear. So guests knew exactly when the bar opened and when the bar closes. Okay, that's And smart. so that's that's another way to get around, you know, this last call business. If in, Like you said, not every venue is open to it. and But signage is also really important, whether that be signage regarding when the bar is open and closes, also drinks available, mm. um, having signage for that, whether they get that through us, through another company, if they make one themselves, it's also extremely helpful for the guests, especially with a larger wedding so that everybody knows what's being offered so the bartender doesn't have to repeat it yeah. 300 times throughout <laughs> the course of the yeah. evening. No, that's smart. That's a smart thing to do. And it, it kind of helps create an alternative to some of the venues that don't Absolutely. allow that. So. I told somebody not too long ago that I don't ever need to go to another wedding conference because of all the stuff I'm oh, learning wow. from you That's guys. Great. So I'm actually saving money by doing this podcast because yeah. now I don't have to go spend a bunch of money on the conferences. They're so expensive. Although I, I still it. probably will. But um, <laughs> uh, so, is there anything else that you want to to talk about before I kind of jump into these last two questions? Uh, the only thing really that I can think of is just to reclarify that we are a professional bartending company, not a caterer. Um, there are several bartending, professional bartending services in the Oklahoma City and Tulsa areas. I will say that we have been in business since 2007, which is significantly longer than most yeah. of the bartending companies are around, which not doing them any disservice because they're all amazing. Yeah. Uh, but we, we have reviews that go back, you know, 12 years. So if wow. anybody ever wants to look up, you know, our history and all that stuff, it's all online on Wedding Wire. Yeah. And I saw you guys have like over 300 mm -hmm. something reviews. That is very impressive. Well, considering you, you only get, I think, 120th of the ones that we request or something ridiculous. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty I, good collection. Yeah. I did a podcast episode talking about how to get reviews because it is difficult. It is. To, it's difficult. So I was really impressed when I saw, you know, over 300. Oh, I thought yeah. I was at the top of my game and it's like, 
120 something on me <laughs> and then 300. I mean, it's, like, it's wow. taken, it's, I mean, the, we've been getting those since 2007. So yeah. The last two questions is who are some of your favorite vendors to work with? Oh gosh, I have so many. I've been in, I've been doing this for so long. So of course we are at the Bomberhof. Uh-huh. So I must of course speak of Sharon Hahn and her husband, Dr. Hahn. Um, they own <laughs> the Bomberhof and they're wonderful. I was just out here Saturday and we just, we love it out here and they're, they're so wonderful to work with. Um, Gisela at the Grand Canadian, of course, we totally different venue I mean, completely 180 from here, but I love them both because they're yeah. both so special to me and Gisela is wonderful. She's a sweetheart. Um, Harris Custom Catering, of course. Oh, yeah. See them, of course, down at Grand Canadian quite a bit. I've heard her name several times when I asked this question. She's great. Um, And then Unita with Unita Mm -hmm. Cake is incredible. Jackie Turner with JT Photography. Worked with her quite a bit. Uh, John Huntington with Huntington Photography. Um, I've worked with Logan quite a bit. Logan Pennington with 405. Um, Tony Foss, we work with Tony all the time. Cam's Cookery. Um, last two, Amber Flansburg with Wooden Hearts Boutique and yep. then, uh, Tracy Walton. She's one of the owners of Plenty Mercantile. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get a really good idea. I mean, I've always known who some of the credible vendors are that a lot of people like, but over and over now, since I've been doing these podcasts, I've been hearing the sa- a lot of the same names pop up whenever I ask people who the, some of their favorite vendors are. Definitely. So. And, and I think that planners or coordinators, uh, should kind of get their own little, category in this because that can make or break a couple who, oh, yeah. if they want that level of planning, uh, our favorite planners are Amy Ray with mm-hmm. Amy Ray events, Lauren Corp with embellished Hannah yep. Ford with Hannah Ford events, dear C Gillen with DK Gillen events, uh, Victoria Lynn with simply nerdy and <laughs> Stefan Stansel with Southern charm. Awesome. Yep. I've worked with many of those. Yes. Names they're all you, wonderful. I was, I'm impressed with all of them. Yes. So. Everybody's great. Yeah. And, and if I left anybody out, this was just very rough, rough sketch right uh, before it, it came it's, in. It's not uncommon because when I ask this question, it's not uncommon after we stop recording the, uh, the guests I'm interviewing be like, Oh, I forgot to give this person a yes. shout out. And I'm sure that was the same. So, I mean, uh, so yeah, if you, if she didn't say her name, she'll, she probably will. Once I hit the stop button, I she'll, probably, you'll think I have of <laughs> so many vendors that I, I, that are wonderful and have been wonderful to us for a very long time. And I'm just so appreciative. Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm, I'm scheduling these podcasts as, as the names I'm hearing more and more sure. who are people's, uh, like your, your name came up. Oh, uh, I think uh, Gisela said your name and I was like, oh, you know I what, I, I definitely need uh, somebody in the bartending industry to to kind of talk us through some things. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, Thrilled to do it. Well, the last thing is uh, where can people find you at? Your social media, website, just where can people learn more about you? Where can they book your services at? So we have a website. It's bluelabelbartending.com. Uh, if you are in the Oklahoma City area, you can email us. It's okcinfo at bluelabelbartending.com. On Instagram, we're at bluelabelbartendingokc. Facebook, you'll just have to search for Blue Label Bartending OKC. And the reason we have that distinguisher out there of the OKC, the Tulsa branch had those in place before I came over and became social media manager of the Oklahoma City portion. So there are two different offices and we do similar things, but different. So it's fun to follow both of us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Michelle. And Thank you, Travis. Uh, Appreciate it. For the listener, just tune in. We do these every single week. We have another wedding professional every week to talk through us, uh, talk to us about different things we could all learn from each other. So thank you, guys. I can't wait to hear the next one. Thanks, yeah, Travis. Be good. Thank you.